September 4th, 2023. This one is called Yonic Victuals. Greetings, everyone. I'm out for a hike, recording a little wee tidbit on this uh, Labor Day, something we celebrate here in the States. Doesn't mean too much uh, for me, but anyway, I'm taking a hike and I'm doing a little tidbit. So for today, Yonic Cycles, or Yonic Victuals, actually going to be talking about foods, or victuals, an old-fashioned word for food, foods that's unfortunately fallen out of favor, often called in the colloquial sense uh, vittles by some of the lower class people. We're going to be talking about foods that feed our monthly cycle. Great information, great information to have in your, uh, your tool belt of things that you have, especially when there's so much foul information out there about everything, especially nutrition. The uh, nutrition world, the wellness world is flooded with all types of unsavory sludge and it keeps on keeping on you know, useless supplements, useless pro protocols and regimes. Some of these actually even dangerous that cause a lot of people to have to backpedal and recalibrate. Some people actually end up getting ill from doing these things. So here's some basic simple advice. It's tasty. It's not too expensive and it reflects the origins of traditional Chinese medicine. So for those who don't know, the cycle is broken down into four phases. There is the um, bleeding part of the cycle. There is the follicular part of the cycle. So first let's say the bleeding part of the cycle, the period actually, is considered the winter part, which makes sense because during that time you typically want warm foods. You might even want to rest more, perhaps be alone, uh, less noise stimulation in general. Next comes the follicular phase, which is thought to be the spring where things are kind of building back up after winter, right? Then we have the ovulatory phase, which is summer, which makes sense. That's when we typically are out and about doing the most, um, feeling our best for some women and for some people who just like the summertime in general. Although there are people who get that seasonal affective disorder thing that goes on in the summer. That may be related to heat intolerance and liver toxicity, just like when people get it in the winter. It's related to uh, nutrient deficiencies like vitamin D and things like that. Side note. And then the last phase is the luteal cycle, a luteal phase. This is the longest phase of the cycle. This is the autumn. This is the uh, phase of the year that we are actually going into. Right now we're in the summer, so we're kind of in the ovulatory phase of the year, and then we'll be going into the fall or the autumn, which is one of my favorite parts of the year. I'm already getting in the autumnal mood by fixing a uh, pork shank today, braised in cider. Great stuff. So here's this little bit of information to help you kind of uh, nurture your body whilst you go through the ebbs and flows of the monthly cycle, which for decades is our clock. That's how I time things. It's by my cycle. I don't think of things as months. I think of things as cycles. Maybe you do too. So whilst you're bleeding during the um, menstruation phase of the cycle, be sure to consume cleansing green plant foods that are high in fiber as well as chlorophyll to pull out unopposed toxic estrogens and other hormones like adrenaline from the previous cycle cooked lightly or in soups for the warming effect. So in general, these are always more 
um, digestible and I think more palatable as well when they are cooked as opposed to raw. The idea of eating all this raw vegetation, this is not something historical. Like the idea of, let's say, starting the day with a spinach smoothie and then, you know, adding in like, this could get really bad for a lot of people, adding in uh, almond milk, quote milk, then putting in things like cacao and chia. This is ice cold, of course, which is terrible. That raises adrenaline, eating cold foods and cold beverages, especially during your cycle. That's a absolute faux pas. You should really have the wisdom to know that that's an absolute faux pas because you want to crave the warmer foods. But just speaking of how many of us eat greens, especially oxalic acid-rich greens like spinach and Swiss chard and beet greens, so we take this whole abomination of the spinach and the cold almond milk and the cacao and the chia, and we buzz this thing up and we call it a healthy, quote, breakfast when it's an oxalic acid bomb, when you could just be sautéing, lightly sautéing greens. Uh, personally, I'd go for things like baby bok choy, uh, gailan, which is um, Chinese cabbage, Chinese broccoli, uh, yu choy, um, the flat Taiwanese cabbage, or just regular green cabbage is fine too. Um, kale, I typically like just like the regular kale, not the red Russian, and the lastinato, or the dinosaur, the Tuscan kale, which I believe are higher in oxalic acid. They don't really have a great taste. Um, but the idea of eating like kale chips and kale smoothies, this is absolute shit for brains and it's an absolute perversion of a traditional food. So then we have all these people saying like, you know, never eat these foods. And then people saying, oh, we should only eat these foods. So we see the uh, inversion and we see the Hegelian dialectic, which is like a, a ping pong game of just shooting back, you know, nutritional perversions back and forth as opposed to really getting to the root of something and understanding why we want to eat something and how we're supposed to eat it, which is so important. So this phase of the cycle, you want to pull out the used hormones by having lightly cooked green vegetables, having them in soup. I also like to have seaweed around this time. You can just add a little bit of instant wakame. It's a type of seaweed. You can buy these instant flakes and you just throw them into like a chicken broth when you're making your soup. They bloom immediately. So great way to cleanse the blood. These are great in general, but especially during this time of the cycle, it's really warming. It's got tons of minerals. It's, it just feeds you. And of course, you're going to want to have some red meat to build the blood after your menstrual bleed. So maybe that's going to be a beef stew. Maybe it's a beef stew where you add the greens and the seaweed. Maybe it's a nice piece of steak. Maybe it's a burger. Um, I love to have bone marrow during the cycle with like a nice piece of red meat. And this could be beef. This could be lamb. This could be mutton. This could be um, bison. It could be whatever you like to eat. Uh, venison or venison. I think it's a funny way to say it that way. Uh, elk, if you can get these kind of more exotic meats, the goat. So whatever you like. But those are the foods you really want to focus on during the bleed, I would say, is some form of red meat, lightly cooked vegetables, green, uh, seaweed. And I would also say um, bone broths are really healing as well, like a nice chicken bone broth. Um, that's my preference. Of course, you could always do like a ruminant one, like a beef, a pork, or a seafood or a fish. So number two would be the follicular phase. And you want to eat foods that are going to facilitate your follicles in maturing to build up hormonal levels with fat-rich foods. So we want to eat things like avocado, uh, coconut, that could be in the form of like coconut milk, coconut cream, 
uh, the oil a little bit, but I'm more of a fan of like the whole food stuff, just like I'm not a super fan of like avocado oil, plus the majority of the avocado oil in the market avoid. I think I've talked about this in a broadcast before, but uh, it's just like the olive oil. So much of it is just cut with seed oils. And I know from experience cooking with these, the kitchen will have that same smell that it had when I used to cook with seed oils before I knew any better back in the day. So we always want to opt for whole foods. There's less of a chance that we can be ensnared if we opt for a whole food. Also things like egg yolks are great. Um, fish like salmon, um, pork belly. I love pork belly. Um, it's got all the amazingness of bacon without the disgusting smoke, all the gross additives, and it's a lot thick, thicker too. It's a great source of vitamin D. Of course, you want to get it pastured because pork, of all the meats out there, I would say that pork has been the most uh, maligned and the most perverted. So if you are going to eat pork, you've got to get good pork. And it would be a hoax that pork was bad for us because so many of our ancestors and so many people who live in all parts of Asia, whether it be the north or even the south and the tropics, and even people who live like in Fiji, like those people who live in that like kind of area of the world, all of these have been cultures that have survived on pork. And of course, um, some dairy can be helpful too, maybe like some raw butter or some ghee. Of course, having it more room temperature, I think, is um, appropriate. And also, like I talked about in the last live show from um, victim to victor, you want to be careful about eating A1 dairy and the protein that's in the A1 dairy. It can cause um, all sorts of problems. It's like hella inflammatory, so you want to source out A2 dairy, um, raw preferably, sheep, goat, etc. But um, remember that the real sustenance of your protein should really come from animal flesh. It shouldn't come from dairy. I consider dairy to be more of like a fat source than a protein source because the casein doesn't digest the same way that the protein does in like let's say a steak or a bone broth or a chicken or fish or shrimp, pork, etc. Okay. Onto the ovulatory phase, phase three. So after ovulation, let's say, let's say you have a follicular phase, your body drops the egg, right? So after ovulation and possible fertilization, if you're, you know, on a journey to get pregnant, you want to, or even if you're not, you want to enjoy foods that keep your body temperature warm and don't cause a lot of digestive distress. So even if someone is not looking to conceive, we want to treat our bodies in a way that our hormones are going to perform the way we want to. So it's always important to do the maximum to get the maximum results, whether that is pregnancy or not, because we want our bodies to be on a healthy schedule. And we don't just need our hormones to be healthy, to, you know, get horny or to have a baby. We need healthy hormones for healthy sleep, healthy mental state, um, looking good, like feeling good, um, soft skin, great hair, nice nails, nice teeth, like the list goes on. So what are some foods that will be really smooth on digestion? Butternut squash soup with onions. You want to go lean on too many of the heating foods like ginger. Those can also act as amenagogues. Amenagogues are herbs that actually can bring on a bleed. So you want to be careful about that. And if you were to eat more warming foods, it would definitely be during the actual bleed time. But then again, if you run hot and you have more of a hot um, constitution, you're going to want to uh, cool it on those warming foods. 
I mean, by warming, I mean the heating, warming foods, not the actual foods that are, you know, warm temperature. Other foods to eat during this phase would be beef stews, chicken soup, bone broth, curries, maybe even like um, a rice porridge. Of course, this would be warm. So things like that. And then finally, we have the luteal phase, which is the longest and the last phase. And this is the week leading up to either a pregnancy test or one's period. And it's really important to keep the blood sugar balanced. So you want to um, shy away from the breads and the refined carbohydrates and the sugars because those are going to cause more of an up and down in blood sugar. And you're better off eating more whole grain sources. Of course, you want to soak them. So soak your rice soak your beans, which are also something that is great to eat throughout the entire cycle. And if you're dealing with a lot of excess estrogen, what's been called estrogen dominance, sometimes you'll feel it more during this phase or you'll feel it right before ovulation, which is when estrogen is supposed to be highest in the cycle. Albeit, when women have excess estrogen, low progesterone, they will also feel it in the luteal phase of the cycle. So the beans can really help remove some of that excess estrogen. And beans help to remove adrenaline as well. So this advice is really not just for cycling women. It could also help anyone who's looking to release stored trauma, um, basically by shuttling out adrenaline and estrogen through the bowels. So more soaked whole grains, um, whole grain pastas are okay too. Soaked and properly prepared beans and um, lentils and be mindful that um, beans are rich in soluble fiber, the most uh, richest source of soluble fiber. But when a bean is sprouted, the fiber becomes insoluble. So it becomes more akin to the fiber in, let's say, uh, broccoli or something like that. So it's completely and totally different. It doesn't really count towards our soluble fiber uh, quota for the day. And also keep in mind that Whilst canned beans can be convenient um, in a pinch, they are not soaked. So when you're eating canned beans, you're more likely to be getting the anti-nutrients like the phytic acid and the lectins and things like that in the canned beans. Plus, of course, we also have the concern of uh, the can, even if it's lined with plastic, then we have to take into consideration that there's plastic in the, in the lining, or of course the heavy metals like mercury and other things that are present in the can. So you can buy, there's one brand I know that comes in glass jars and they are soaked. The brand is Jovial. It's an Italian brand. Uh, they also make some great pastas and some jarred Italian sauces and um, actually just tomatoes and things like that. Um, they're a bit expensive for, for that. But I would really recommend just buying dried beans. I mean, there's a reason why beans aren't in favor. They are extremely affordable and Zog would rather you just, you know, buy this huge bottle of whatever or even a tidy bottle of whatever for like $50 and then get hooked on that. I mean, there are people who are spending hundreds of dollars a month on supplements that are probably making things worse. So you want to nix the um, refined carbohydrates because when your blood sugar is already kind of like in a more um, sensitive part of the cycle, you want to make sure to eat foods that stabilize it. And whenever you're stressed out, this is going to be true. And this is even more true for women who go past the change. That's why sometimes there's information out there saying like, oh, you know, lower your carbohydrates post-change. Maybe you just need to eat better carbohydrates. Maybe you're eating the wrong ones. I mean, most people, their carbohydrates end up being ones that shoot them up 
and then shoot them down. It's kind of like the way caffeine works for most people. You know, what comes up must go down. Same thing with marijuana, alcohol. These are all very strong stimulatory, you know, quote, foods. So even things like some nice cooked fruit could be good. You could have like some um, stewed apples, maybe adding in like a little bit of cherry or um, cranberry like dried fruit. Um, and also these red berries will keep um, your blood nourish it, nourished, which is like totally important because it will help keep the uterus lining thick during this possible time of implant implantation, which is when the embryo which is a sperm in the egg, will implant into the uterine wall, or it'll help build up a really nice juicy lining for the next cycle. So delight your senses with these beautiful pops and colors of flavor, which would be all these red berries, um, of which of course are the root chakra, which is really grounding too, so red foods can be grounding. And then you'll have more balanced hormones during this week, which is typically a week that's associated with fluctuating hormones. So a little bit there, going through the four stages of the cycle, we have the menstruation, which is the inner winter, we have the follicular phase, which is the spring, then we have the ovulation phase, which is the summer, and then finally we have the luteal phase, which is the autumn. So some simple information there, just to feed your um, yoni, which means to feed your hormones. And that's all about all I have to say for today. I'm going to get on in my walk going to enjoy myself. I hope everyone is doing well wherever they are in this uh, big white world. And we will meet again soon on the other side. Okay, everyone. Satnam.